Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is James Hansen, also known as Hansen James on Twitter. And this is Milo, also known as Milo on Twitter. <laughs> I just say this because I keep getting people asking me what my name is. And if you go to the top of the Twitter page or on your app on your phone, it says my name, guys. That's because you have two first names. <laughs> That's right. I guess. You have two but first anyways, names. And, and for, for Utah people, like you don't have a Y in your first name. That's how they would know it was your first name. And like an E-E. So if it was like James, it would be... J A Y M M E Z or S <laughs> or X, but the X would be silent. Well, speaking of X, we've got some X to talk about today, uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit, guys. But first off, we wanted to talk about something we're really excited about. We have a new member of SLC Dunk. Ooh. His name is Andy Bailey. Oh, we're stoked about Andy Bailey. This is... This is an exciting time. So Andy Bailey, he comes to us. Um, he's written at uh, Bleacher Report. He's written at Fan Rag. Bleacher Report, I like it. It was Bleacher Report. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like after Colbert, like why? Why even? Why? Like why have the T? Well, that's an accurate pronunciation. I think. I I think so. As it's just it's just the way it needs to be. So, um. It's we're, we're really excited. You might know him on on Twitter. He does these excellent stat threads, which I don't know where he finds the time. He's going to law school right now, so there is there is some class. He mails it in for like twenty minutes to do a stat thread. I'm calling. Out, I'm calling like like, and I know that because I would sometimes do that when I was in my graduate program, like getting my master's in business. <laughs> like, please check out for like twenty minutes. <laughs> hey, sometimes breaking news happens, and you got to get the sometimes thing out. Sometimes you just do. Yeah, sometimes you know it's just like you can't be locked into accounting full time. Like, I'm sorry, you just don't get amped. You need a break. Um, mm-hmm. So I I'm really stoked to have him. I think he's going to be a great addition. We've we've really missed statistical analysis at the blog. I'll, I'll like I'll readily admit like. My favorite thing is finding weird, odd things, cracking jokes, um, and the business side of things. It's not so, uh, and the strategy that goes behind a front office. Um, uh, James here is on full time Exum watch, <laughs> and I'm and, an odd duck. <laughs> and so, like, we're still trying to figure out what he does here. 
Yeah, I'm not quite sure, but I haven't been fired yet. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm happy about. That's the as most the important great, thing. You've made, as the great Shea Serrano always says, haven't been fired yet. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... Like, Maybe close. <laughs> we just, like, uh, like every not once yet. in a while, we're like, we think, we think he's doing something. So, I mean, it works. So... <laughs> um, so we're really excited to have um, Andy here. We have some awesome, awesome writers at the blog, and we, we're really excited for this for this upcoming year that's going to be uh, going on. Because I feel like we just we're just starting to hit our stride. Wouldn't you agree? Like we're just I starting think, to get going. I think we've been in development, and we drafted. Took some. Uh, you took some risks, Michael, on a few guys. Right. Like uh, who said like tanking myself. doesn't pay off. That's right. Anyone who thinks tanking doesn't pay off probably likes, you know, middling blogs. Middling that blogs that stats. don't tank. Like <laughs> yeah. we don't tank. We're we... just gonna talk about stats every day. Yeah. I'm sorry. We, but, but, but anyway, we, we we tanked hard. It paid off. We had the number one pick in the in the blogger blogger draft. And we and, got it. Uh, and then we just selected a bigger homer for Dante Exum than James Hansen. So. You know what? It's a swing and a miss. <laughs> I can only hope to create spacing, friend. I just hope I get my shots. I just want my buckets and shots. I think. I think my favorite thing is like uh, in our in our in our our group thread that we have together. I think like my my thing was just like okay. I want both Andy and James to know that every article can't be about Dante Exum. There are, there are fourteen other guys on this team. Sixteen, if you count our our our, our two way two way contract, so so uh, can't just that. talk about Dante, but can't just drop. We can talk, talk about, about him all the time. Yes, I, well, you do talk about him all the time. Like it's just like <laughs> what a great game from Dante. Although, like, I was lighting people up on Twitter afterwards. Okay, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that. We'll, we gotta focus. We gotta <laughs> gotta focus. We want to get into so welcome Andy. This is our this is our uh, podcast. Welcome to you. Welcome to the welcome to the blog. Um, real talk. Um, one person that has been flying under the radar, which is crazy because just three years ago, you would have said he was uh, going to be the face of our franchise, and that that man is Derek Favors. He deserves a lot more love than he's getting, and I've been getting called out by people uh, because of my love for Dante. Uh, but Derek Favors has been a big part of the reason the Jazz are are winning. We were talking a little bit before the podcast, and one of the things that Derek Favors kind of feels like that security blanket to me that when the team and when things don't seem to be quite working right, or maybe the opposing defense does a good job of kind of taking Donovan out of, out of the the scheme a little bit or Rubio's not hitting his shots or something like that. It feels like Derek favors is that security blanket that can make buckets. feels like that pick and roll with Derek favors is what you go, what you lean on when everything isn't working. Yeah. Derek favors. I'd like to, he's like your water heater. You only, you only really appreciate it when you don't have it. Like it's Absolutely. just like, it's like oh oh yeah yeah man I really liked warm water and warm showers like that's what <laughs> Derek Favors is because when he's in there you're you like take it for granted you're like yeah you know I need to do the dishes take a shower wash my hands I like warm water like that's nice but 
but when you're without it, you're like, oh my gosh, we cannot, we we cannot live this way. How did we live like savages? This is well, terrible. Case it's, in point was the Atlanta loss. I have no doubt that if Derek Favors plays in that Atlanta game, we win that game. Because he, he's a he. Oh, the way like in we, we'd refer to it in a, in a strategy is a redundancy, and that doesn't mean that he's duplicitous in action. It just means if. After so many, if, if if Donovan's having a bad game and Rubio's having a bad game and Gobert's having a bad game, you have Derek Favors there who can pick up that load, and who brings in something different and is able to step up. Because there's been a lot of games this year where he, it, we've talked about it before. He, to me, he feels like an, an the Andre Iguodala of the the Utah Jazz. Now, I'm not saying he's a multi-positional player, but what I'm saying is. The way Andre Iguodala functions for the Golden State Warriors is he's he's there he's that backup, he's that um, that player that when things aren't going right you can bring him in and he could get twenty points a night, and you could feed him he can get on on a rhythm, and you can't say that about like you can like Jay Crowder I believe is a really nice player and maybe gets up to this point but it's not like man if Joe Ingles isn't going you got to feed Crowder. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 not the same way where Crowder's more of a role player. Derek Favors is is like break in case of glass star. Like it's mm-hmm. just like in case in case this gets to this break glass. We have we have a we have a power forward who we can we can just basically pick our spots when it comes to the pick and roll, and just work that and eat and eat off of it, and so. And he's having some career numbers this year, just to keep in point. Like, he's having his high, highest true shooting percentage ever. Um, he is he's getting to the line quite a bit for the amount of shots he's taking. He is rebounding the ball really effectively this year. And and that's what's crazy about that is when you look at his numbers, you're like, well, his, his, his rebounding percentages are lower. But you also got to remember we have – a much better rebounding uh, guard line than we've ever had. You have mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert in there, and then you have Ingles, who's also being taught to go after those rebounds. And so when you look at that, you're like, you know what? He's have he's ha- averaging about the same total rebounding percentage as he did last year when he was hurt, and there's less rebounds to go around. And he's still mm-hmm. and so that means that the collective of who's getting rebounds is is the amount of rebounds to be had is is higher now because of who's who's able to be there he's he's uh blocking at a high percentage he's and most importantly he's turning over the ball the the fewest um he's like at a the third fewest turnovers in a year and oh by the way he has the, he's on pace to um almost tie his record high in win shares, which was the last time he was healthy when he was 23 years old in 2014 to 2015. But he also has a higher win share per 48. He's playing less minutes. So he's Mm -hmm. playing less minutes. He's able to stay healthy. He's effective. Like he's overly effective. And the one thing that can't be seen on all of these percentages and all these stats is the difference he's making on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, absolutely. He is such a perfect complement to to Rudy Gobert. And one of the things that I was worried about this year is just his size and his ability to stay healthy. And you have to give him a ton of credit because he's coming to the season. He's much leaner. 
He's been able to stay with opposing power forwards. And when he's on the floor with Rudy, you can just see how dominant they are, both in their ability to guard, to protect the rim, uh, funnel people to Rudy Gobert, and then he gets those weak side blocks. So Rudy doesn't have to do everything. Uh, Derek Favors is a fantastic kind of weak side blocker. Um, when Rudy's kind of being pulled out, Derek Favors can clean up as well. It, I mean, he's as much – I mean, he's not as much – he's – how do I say this? A very big part of the Jazz's historic defense this season. Yeah. When 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 they're together on the floor and they're both healthy, they are really tough to score on inside. Right. And and what's crazy is the last time Eric Favors was this effective, that 2013-2014 season, it's crazy to think how much the NBA has changed over the course of Derek Favors' career. When he was drafted, you're like, oh, I remember as a Jazz uh, – when we traded for him, it was like, oh my gosh, we finally have a big man where soon we're going to be able to have a lineup of maybe Derek Favors and Paul Millsap, and we're going to have this big, strong defensive front to go against mm-hmm. the Lakers. Because that was, remember that? Like, that was like, we have to have a Well, we big, drafted just to play against them. Yeah. We have to have big men to go against the Lakers, and the Lakers' big man, you know, had this big man lineup that just destroyed people. And then the NBA literally changed overnight to small ball. And mm-hmm. and Derek Favors is being successful in the small ball era, which is nuts, yeah. which is absolutely nuts. Like this year, he's he's having to switch on threes and twos and fours and and do it and and do do so more than than Rudy Gobert. Like mm-hmm. and he's chasing these guys over the over the court and last year when he was hurt there would be times where we're like, well, I'm not sure if he's hurt right now. Is this, is Derek Favors just, is he a center now? Is, is this just not going to work? And mm-hmm. even at the beginning of this year, up until what, mid January, we were saying, wow, this, this, uh, this go Baron favors lineup. This just isn't working. It's just, mm-hmm. this isn't working. And, and then we were like, well, is it Rubio that's not making it work? Is it, is it the pair? Is it maybe like Rubio and favors? Like which, who's 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 uh, the weak link in this and then it all turned around at the end of january whether it was just a, a light bulb turning on whether it was uh the coaching light whatever happened at the end of january that after that atlanta loss everything started clicking and this lineup works and i think part of that is favors understand uh, favors favors is taking a step back mm-hmm. and and I don't think we talk enough about how how uh, how big of a deal that is. Like the dude was for like before Rudy was here, he, he was the dude. He was the dude before Hayward. He was the dude before Burke, before Burks, before Cantor. He was. I mean, he was the prize for Darren Williams. Yeah, he was the dude, and and. Going into that following year after the 2013-2014 season, everyone's like, wow, man, if Hayward, if Hayward continue, you know, continues to develop and then the star that Favors is, we're going to have something special. And then he, then when, when he went on the injury spree, and that's part of like looking back at that, and especially with how Utah cleaned house with the medical staff, man, mm-hmm. I bet you Derek Favors was one of the big voices being like, look, I can't stay healthy with these guys. I don't know what I got to do. And, and with the healthy favors, 
man, we're getting something really, really special. I think of last uh, last night in that Minnesota game, there were big minutes when Dante Exum and Derek Favors were on the court, but Derek Favors was beasting on the defensive end without Gobert in there. Oh, and he, he, he he's was, just... He's a dominant force, and he he one of the things. So it's in some ways it's almost swinged in his favor a little bit, favor, but like he's able to go against. <laughs> I see these what oppo- you did there. <laughs> Just had to pronounce it. But he's like, for example, you have these stretch fours that have to guard favors, and he is just a beast, and he can pick and roll them to death. He scores, like against the against the. Was the Minnesota Timberwolves, you just saw a couple plays inside where he just gathers the ball and goes up and just powers it in. And there's just not an answer to that. Right. He, his a- his strength, I don't – Rudy doesn't have Derek Favors just sheer strength. Like when when, when Rudy's under, under the basket and he needs to go up for a slam, there's times where I'm like, man, I just hope he's able to hold on to the ball. If Favors yeah. is able to gather, it's it's going in. It's going mm-hmm. in, and there's there's a guy going into the basket with it. At worst, he's going to the line. Yeah, and that's and, and that's one area where you could say he has struggled this year, especially mm-hmm. lately. It seems like it seems like he's really struggled from the line. Yeah, um, for some reason. Yeah, I, I mean he's shooting he's shooting better than last year, which last year he was sixty one percent, so he was almost like a you know a, a coin flip. But but this mm-hmm. year he's shooting sixty five percent. So so it's it, it uh, that's that's one area where I'm not sure if Derek Favors. Oh, and it's it, it, it's terrible to say this because he's only twenty six. But it's like man, I'm just I'm just not sure if he's going to have a consistent mid range. Like there's some mm-hmm. nights where that mid range is just clicking. Well, he has that top of the key jump shot that he makes at least once or twice a game. Mm-hmm. Um. And he has been shooting that corner three more regularly, which I actually like. Even if it doesn't go in, it's spreading the floor. Uh, yeah, I, I like it too because it's – A, he's, he's taking now this season. He's up to 1.3 attempts in that corner a game. Mm-hmm. And for Derek Favors to be able to continue his evolution, especially if he wants to stay in the league for a while when he starts to get older, he's got to hit that corner three. He's he's yeah. he's got to be a trailer. He's got to be trailer trailer three, and so that's that's the first step. And and uh, after Millsap, I I I will never I'll never say a guy will never be able to figure it out because mm-hmm. Millsap was just like yeah he's I mean he's a great like you know he's just gonna get rebounds and play good defense and then the next year he's like well you know he's gonna get deep rebounds and play good defense and uh you know he can score around the basket and then the following year he's like well he can can hit that mid-range shot and that's really great and then he's like well, he can hit that long mid-range shot and he's really great in the pick and roll and then next year he's just like <laughs> oh, he's he's a point guard now I guess he's a point guard now where this is basically where we're at <laughs> so I I think uh, so with Derek Favors, I think with a uh, development and being healthy in off seasons is definitely going to help his development because it just it seemed like for the past three seasons, every off season is like getting Favors healthy, getting Favors healthy, and the fact that he's been able to stay healthy throughout the entire year, he's now played seventy two games. He's on pace to play seventy seven games, which would be almost the highest amount of games he's played since two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. Mm. It's awesome. And, uh, yeah, and if he plays in the postseason, 
that would be the he he will be on track to play the most games he's ever played in it um in a year. So that's that's amazing. Um, and enough can't be said about the Jazz's uh, medical staff this year. Oh, they've been fantastic to get like Derek Favors. I honestly was just ready to just kind of throw in the towel because he was just two years straight of just injury, 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 and he would never come back healthy. Mm-hmm. And he's 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 healthy. He looks good, and he's not only lean, but he's got his strength. And so it's kind of the best of both worlds. He's and and credit's got to go go to Favors because he could have just thrown in the towel and said, you know what, I've made millions of dollars. I'm not that worried about getting better, but he's really worked hard. So yeah, and you can and teach he, him to do it, but he did it. And you never can quite put a put a price on a contract year. That's contract true. years just seem to bring out the best. Now, now this year he is playing. So he is playing 40 percent of his time at power forward, and that's of course when he's with Gobert. And then he's playing 62 percent of his time at center. And so. Mm-hmm. You know when he's when he's on the court, the Utah Jazz are two and a half points better. That's and and to his credit, even last year when he was hurt, the Jazz were three and a three point four points better when he was on the court. Mm-hmm. And that just shows how much his just size and presence. And he's a he's a smart player too. I he mm-hmm. doesn't get enough credit for how smart he is. He knows where to guard. He knows when and. How, you know switches and all these things that the nuances of the defense he just understands and when you when he's healthy he's that much better exactly yeah very much so so we're gonna move on from Derek favors see we talk about Derek favors there we go guys stop my, yelling my, my, at me on Twitter so, so we can't we can't pass this without saying that my my favorite moment uh, with Derek favors is him clowning me on Twitter. Do you remember this last year? I do. I remember. <laughs> I felt so red in the face. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I will go to my grave by saying I was damn right in this. So I, uh, all I, he but, said was like, LOL or something like that. Yeah. He, but... he said, laugh, laugh my ass off. Like LMAO. So what happened was, Derek Favors, the LMAO heard around the world. Yeah, Derek Favors was he had a rough game. He had a he had a um he he had a rough game and and I put out there I'm like I wonder if we're going to get to see the real real Favors. And it looks like his injuries are really keeping him back. To which Derek Favors after the game, it couldn't have been even like he had to have stepped into the locker room. Some uh, there has to be I I convinced there had to be some social media kid who was just like check out what people were saying about you because there's no way he could have searched it that fast he didn't even have a chance to like talk to a reporter because it was like game over five minutes later lmao like right to slc dunk on that to which Mm -hmm. people were like oh you you got owned by favors blah 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 to the next game he he had to check out early the next game because of injury so, but it's not like I was hating on Derek Favors. I want him to succeed. But at the same point, last year, every person was wondering, man, are we are we going to get a healthy Derek Favors? Is that in the stars anymore? Mm-hmm. And with a, with a much improved uh, medical staff and training staff, man, the Jazz are humming. And if you don't think that's a really big deal, uh, 
take a look at San Antonio and the mess that's going on with Kawhi. If you don't, if if your players do not have uh, confidence in your medical staff, it turns into a crap show really quick. Oh, absolutely. And I'll just say this: this is my final thing with favors. I hope the Jazz resign him. I do too. I I just hope they get him because he has been a big part of the reason the Jazz are playing so well. It sometimes you don't. Sometimes in your mind you don't think it the pieces quite fit but they just somehow do so i hope they re-sign him i do too so with that being said so is it is it x time uh, you can talk about xm you can talk all about right. xm right. i just want to i just want to make a comment to all those that said dante xm was going to be a bust i feel like every time dante xm drives to the hoop was this incredible season his incredible speed and size that we all knew that he had and he had already shown us and every bucket he gets a hater loses his Twitter account. It seems like they have to delete them because he is proving all of these guys wrong. Everyone's saying, well, you know, you can't just, uh, it's a one game. Uh, it's only two games. It's only three games. He's playing well. Now it's like five, six games. And now he's starting to really explode Mm -hmm. and it's, it's becoming, I mean, for one thing, it, it's almost unfair now for these second units to guard him. He's so fast. He's it, so fast. I, I think that, it was Matt Moore. Matt Moore was just like, Utah already was the hottest team in the league. They already had drafted a rookie of the year candidate at, at 13. They already had a defensive player of the year candidate. They already had a coach of the year candidate. And oh, by the way, Dante Exum is looking like a fifth pick all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. that's a scary he, thing that's a scary thing like it i can't think of a team other than maybe the philadelphia 76ers when they got Fultz back but then again he's he, you don't know what you're getting with Fultz. um and there's been some mm-hmm. games he's really looked like a rookie in his return back because he's missed so much time with dante mm-hmm. exum it looks like he has not missed a beat since summer league and and, and has not missed a beat since since uh, um, uh, geez preseason. Well, and you could kind of tell there was like a moment actually where I think he kind of it clicked a tiny bit because you could tell when he first came he was pretty he had that very we're familiar with his tentativeness but there was one play where he backs out and Joe Ingles was on the other side of the floor and it looked like it looked like Dante wanted to back out but then throw it to Ingles and Ingles kind of just waved him off and says you're. Like you could just tell from his what he was saying, like you're better than that guy. You can beat that guy. And then Dante promptly just blew by him, went to the hoop and scored. And I almost almost feel like that little moment there was Dante going like, I I am. I'm faster than this guy. This is my NBA skill that I mean, there's not a lot of guys in the NBA that have that first step that he has, that ability to blow by. No. And 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 I think we forget about it too, where you're just like, oh, because when 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 Rubio has to make something work, it's it, his guy is in front of him, and so it's it's very much a a very physical physical drive to the hoop. It's, yeah, it's bumping like around the, the pick, entire it's behind time. the back, and yeah, yeah, it's and and, and it's dicey. Um, but with but with Exum, that first step, he's already gone, and there's been some guys who. I think the first three games, especially, like defenders were like, "Okay, just gotta stay." And then he he was already gone. 
I mm-hmm. and but last night against the, against the Wolves, you started to see that the scattering report had got out on Exum, and so guys were like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to give him a few steps and I'm going to get in front of that, and and that just opens up passing lanes all of a sudden, or he can mm-hmm. go behind the screen. And, and and that opens up things. So it was just another nightmare. And I think the fun thing about Dante Exum versus other guys is he's an offensive weapon. He already puts the defense at a disadvantage because of his speed. Mm-hmm. That's something oh, that Jay absolutely. Crowder doesn't have. That's something that Joe Ingles doesn't have. The only other player on the Utah Jazz offensively that instantly has the, the defense already trying to pre-adjust to them is going is to be Donovan. Is Donovan. And there's been some fun times with Donovan and Dante Exum on the court where you have because both of them are just speed demons. Mm-hmm. And and there's uh, they just create havoc. And that's fun. It's just really, really fun. There's uh, that the one thing about Dante Exum, dude's gonna get, get paid by Utah. All the people were like, well, is he going to be worth even paying out or is Utah? Dude, Utah is going to be the first ones to give him an offer and be like, Dude, we think you're worth this much. And it's not going to be one of those Kevin O'Connor, like, go and find your deal type things. Utah really believes in Dante Exum. All the things that Dennis Lindsay was saying about Dante Exum, that missing him this year was as big of a deal as losing Rudy Gobert, that wasn't lip service. That wasn't the Alec Burks hype you up because he looks great in in uh, pickup games in in the summer. That was the other thing that I hated when Dennis Lindsay was like, Alec Burks looks great in pickup games over the summer. Well, of course he does. There's no defense and there's no, no set offense. Mm-hmm. That's Disneyland for Alec Burks. That's yeah. That, that's his element that, 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 that's just putting him in the right place. So, so for this, uh, so, so for, for Dante Exum right now, this is just, this is really fun. Dude's going to get paid. He's going to be with Utah for a while. It's going to be interesting in the offseason what Utah wants to do with Ricky Rubio. But right now, uh, they got an embarrassment of riches at the guard uh, position. And I'm not sure trading, uh, like when people are like, wow, man, if Dante Exum turns out, they might have to trade Rubio. I'm not sure if you even move Rubio because why would you, you have a really good, a really good player in Ricky Rubio who's playing great. He's mm-hmm. going to be a great contract next year. It might net you something really awesome at the draft, but the other thing is Rubio and Alec Burks come off the books in 2019. That's 20. And you can just sign somebody. That's $20 million worth of cap space. And all of a sudden you have, we have Dante Exum, you have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert all on contract. Joe Ingles as well. Joe Ingles as well. And Jay, and I think that's the last year, Jay Crowder, right? Mm-hmm. And so you might just re-sign Jay Crowder. You might have Derek Favors at that point. Yeah. At that point, um, yeah, and then you're able to be like, let's 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 build around these guys, and mm-hmm. and and allow and and still and but that last next year, man, whoever wins out for the uh, for the starting position, if it's Ricky Rubio, cool. All of a sudden, Ricky Rubio comes in and is uh, is like the first sub out, and then you let Dante Exum be your Manu Ginobili, who's just a change of pace and is just going to create havoc, who plays 32 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, or you have Dante Exum start, and then all of a sudden Ricky Rubio's that that really uh, like can take advantage of second units with his defense to just be a pest. All of a sudden, you thought Ricky Rubio was a pest before. Well, now he's able to use all six fouls and, and is working with twenty minutes. 
yeah, like Lord have mercy on the on on the guard who has to deal with that in a night. Mm-hmm. So so Utah has a lot of options moving forward if Dante Exum continues this. This just well, opens up things. It doesn't it's not like all oh, Exum is good. Guess we're gonna have to trade another really good player. Like that's not how it works in basketball. That's it's not like it's not like Gobert's really good, gotta trade everybody who's a power forward or a center. It, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. I know. Oh, well and I like kinda what you said before that I I think the Jazz have a chance to really upset somebody in these playoffs. If Dante keeps this level of play up, the reason why you might just keep Rubio next year and and maybe even beyond, who knows, is the fact that it's a three-headed monster that just like it's 48 minutes of of elite-level guard play. And if one of the three is like having an off night, you can just switch in the other. So you start Donovan and, and Ricky – They've been playing really well together. You bring in Dante off the bench. He replaces either Donovan or Rubio. And then you just kind of see how the game goes. And you can let whoever is going off go off. Last game, it was Ricky Rubio who just decimated his former team, the Wolves, which was, by the way, the most satisfying thing ever. Every every three that Rubio made last game probably put a knife in Tibbs' heart in his penguin heart. I love that so much. A, because Tibbs... I, I do think Rubio was the right point guard for that team. And they mm-hmm. traded him away for Jeff Teague, who's... Who's not been very successful. Hasn't been really successful. I don't understand why you trade somebody for a 30-year-old who's who's losing their athleticism. Uh, when mm-hmm. you have when you have a bargain contract and... Ah, oh man. I just... It makes no sense. I, Timberwolves, if there's Timberwolves fans, and there's a few of our, our 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 dunkers who are also our Timberwolves fans who came over for Ricky, I feel bad for Timberwolves fans because they had the right pieces. That's the thing. Like you can tank and get the exact best players in that draft, the right players that you should have got, and if you don't have a competent front office, even they can mess that up. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Wolves have done. They they got they got the right pieces. They even made the right trade in getting in getting Wiggins, but they did not build around it. They didn't get a, the right coach who was right for development. Tibbs yeah, they must a, just not have any development at all. Oh it man, seems like. Tibbs is the is the worst coach for for that team because he's not a developer. So you have these young players, and all he wants to do is just like let's roll forty four minutes a night. And he's a guy like Tibbs is like overdrive. Like you can you can put that you can put your car into that gear for only so long before the transmission drops. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to see the T Wolves transmission drop. You're getting injuries. You're seeing guys just getting worn out. You're not seeing them reach their potential. Like you're able to get the maximum out of what the engine has then, but you're not building anything onto it. You're not not seeing if that's the most that you can get out of it. You're just maximizing whatever you have at the moment, and that's what Tibbs mm-hmm. does. That's a, that's what you Tibbs is a coach. If you're the second seed and having trouble getting past guys in a team in the playoffs, you bring on Tibbs for that one or two seasons to get you past that hump. Mm-hmm. Who's just going to get the max out of guys who are already at that level? But, but, it, as a development coach, nah, nah, he's mm-hmm. he's a wrong fit. Yeah, that's why uh, 
Quinn deserves so much credit for his ability to develop these players. He he has been really hard on Dante, but in a lot of ways, in the long run, it'll be good for him. And you Dante's just hope fought that- back. Dante has really fought. Remember the game? I uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. The game that I was like, you know what? I think I think Dante is like gone on full effort. I don't care mode, and I'm just I'm I'm going to. I, I don't care what you think about me. I'm going to be good. Mm-hmm. Was the last game um, of last season against Golden State? When game Jazz, four, second quarter. When the when the Jazz were down what twenty already, and Quinn Snyder just emptied his bench and was just like f it, I don't care, do what you want, and and Dante Exum went in there and went on a run. Oh, absolutely changed the game. He looked like the best player on the floor. Yeah, he did. And at that moment, I was like. Dude's fighting back. Dude, he's finally just like, I don't care. I, I, I don't need a coach to do me favors. I don't need players to do me favors. It was kind of, it was like the Scott Pilgrim moment, mm-hmm. where the first time he he goes to the boss battle and he's like, Scott has discovered the power of love, and then <laughs> that's a good movie. And then and then he gets wiped out, and then the second time he goes in there and like Scott has learned the power of self respect. And that's why I felt like Dante Exum learned in, in, in last season. I think he mm-hmm. learned the power that it's not enough to be loved by a coach. You need to just have self-respect for yourself and do the best and, that you can. And, and just and whatever happens at that point where the ca- cards may fall, you've at least done everything you can. And I think mm-hmm. he's he, – the way he worked in his offseason, the way you – like a dude who is worried about what people think about him doesn't show up to a summer league it doesn't show up to summer league in his fourth year the dudes who clown on dante exum who'd be who for showing up in a summer league those same dudes praise paul Millsap. paul Millsap went to summer league until he couldn't until they told mm-hmm. him look you don't need to be here he went there when he was way too good but he saw it as an opportunity to play against good players and get better and and dante exum it takes a lot of humility to be like you know what i do need this I need to work on this. I and and he saw it as an opportunity to prove to the coaches that he was he was working on his stuff and show off what he'd been working on. That's big. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Absolutely. He's he's going to make a huge difference for this team for years and if I just they just have to re-sign him. They have to give him a nice contract. He's he could be that secondary piece or you know what? Who knows? Maybe he develops into something even more, but just that perfect complement to Donovan where they're both going to have space, and he's hitting his threes too. By the way, like he hit, he's starting to hit. He's hitting that corner three, and if 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 Dante can hit that corner three, and you combine that with his ability to drive to the rim, and it looks like his handle has gotten good enough, and it'll just get better, he becomes quite the weapon, and you've all of a sudden got a backcourt that's very comparable to uh, Portland with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, but probably a little bit better defensively with both of their length and it's uh it's pretty exciting it's yeah it's, it's, it's a fun it's a really 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 fun fun lineup i saw somebody somebody does uh tony jones um sometimes i disagree with what tony jones says stats are important tony stats are important hey but shout out to dante who's good with the stats now and with the and the with eye the, test and the eye test. And guess what? I am so Real glad. Hoopers because only know. Hoopers only know and foggers are not very smart. But one thing that I do know is that last season, 
Dante did not get enough uh, time. He just didn't. And the people that uh, said things like uh, Shelvin Mack is a better player and a better option. I, we need to find you. Those tweets need to be found <laughs> because he, I, this, it was not just like magically suddenly Dante Exum could score on the golden state warriors in a playoff game. That well, wasn't just it like, it takes a long time to get back from an ACL. Like, like I feel like there's a lot of young basketball fans who are like age, maybe like 16 to 25 who mm-hmm. don't, or even to 28 who don't remember when ACL injuries were career enders. Yeah. Like it was over like Grant Hill changed his career forever. He never was the same dude. Penny ended his career. Dominique ended his career. Like these, it's only been in the past 10 years. That I was just like, wow, dude's coming back from an ACL injury. I guess mm-hmm. that's, that's unheard of. Like the whole like Grant Hill going to Phoenix and resurrecting his career, like when that was going on, they're like, "Wow!" Either like Phoenix is is experimenting in some dark magic over there. Mm-hmm. When when that was going on, so like so it took Exum a year to get back into shape. Wow! And he and and he's twenty one when he's doing that. Like it's just a Dante Exum's uh, basically. Oh, I, to, to go back even further, Dennis Lindsay, when he drafted him, said it's going to be it's going to be a a, a a long process with Dante Exum, and that's really mm-hmm. hard to hear when you draft somebody number five. Like mm-hmm. you're drafting somebody number five, and in what's supposed to be a deep draft, everyone's like he's got to be great now, and 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 so he wasn't great. He in fact he had one of the worst rookie years of all time mm-hmm. by a top pick. Like, it's indisputable. I remember writing and trying to find nice things to say about Dante Exum. I was a huge Dante Exum homer then, but man, did you have to have some selective memory to really (laughs) write something great about him. Like, to be like, he's going to be great. If you really, like, if you ignore the one out of 20, he hit one shot out of 20. I mean, that's pretty good. I would have given up after 10. Like, like that was, that was his rookie year. And then, then that summer though, in summer league, he started to look like he was putting this together. Then he got hurt playing for the Australian team. And then all of last year, it was a tough climb to get him back into shape. I also think there was some maturity issue too. I mean, I can't imagine being able to take a job really, really seriously when I'm 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't think I don't think I really grew up until I was like 28, where I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I really got to buckle down and be an adult. And and we're expecting like Dante Exum or these kids are like they're paying million, millions. Yeah, it doesn't change the fact that they can't drink and they're still practically they're kids. 20 and they're on a plane all the time with all this money and yeah, like like I, I can't I. I can't pretend to act like I would be like the the shining example of restraint, professionalism, and and uh, and just a hardworking dude. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's just a hard thing. Like it's funny you you think of them like adults, and then you hear things like like Donovan Mitchell's like, yeah, I decided I needed to get healthy, and I started eating Caesar salads. And you're like, dude, that's like the worst salad you could eat. That's <laughs> that's that's literally just like fat on lettuce. 
And he was like, yeah, and I slimmed down. And I'm like, I freaking hate you. I freaking hate you. I <laughs> hey, because could... it's good for keto. It's like, it just, it's just like, dude's not on keto. He doesn't even know what keto is. Like, you just was just like, oh, you know, it's better than Taco Bell. You're, you're triggering me with this Dante, anti-Dante talk. I'm just feeling myself replying to get, a tweet. Getting mad. Yeah, you're just like, I'm just so mad. <laughs> it but, could be keto. How do you know it's not keto? <laughs> so, but but the fact, the fact is, it's just like, he grew up. He's mm-hmm. he's he it's been he's in his fourth year. He's twenty two, and and it's it and it's it's even laughable to be like, man, he's really matured as a twenty two year old. Uh, but at the same time, like that's 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 when most of Utah's getting off their mission. Mm-hmm. Like their L- LDS mission, not most of Utah, fifty percent. It's still a wide, wide, wide amount. Okay. But still, that's that's a big amount, and no one's like waiting to like give some twenty, you know, some twenty-one year old who's coming off a mish, being like, "Hey, do you do you want three point five million dollars?" <laughs> well, yeah, it's like the average person just being, you know, it's their third year of college, and now you you're going to make four point two million dollars a year now. Yeah, and it, it, hopefully you're mature. <laughs> I hope you got some good dudes around you. Or this is, or you're going to be in a thirty for thirty film. That's not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's been a lot of growth. I think there's been things that the team could have done better for Dante. I think there's things that Dante could have done better for Dante. I think there's things that are just understandable either way. Even if he never got hurt, because he he was drafted so young, he hadn't been playing college ball. He had been playing against high schoolers in Australia. Like, mm-hmm. like there, 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 there was a massive, massive. Uh, it the, the level of difficulty for Dante was really, really high, and there was going to be a big bump in the road. So I think, uh, and all the more reason why, man, that starting experience that he got, maybe not deserved over Trey Burke, be, was so valuable, mm-hmm. was incredibly valuable. Um, well, it, and also it's it's kind of perfect how everything's coming because he's gotten this experience he's been able to kind of learn and grow and we're kind of stepping into kind of a golden era of jazz basketball this if there was ever a time to pick a team the next four years for jazz fans are going to be pretty magic they're going to be really fun Mm -hmm. every every game is going to be filled with a player doing something exciting whether it's dante getting the rim uh like his alley-oop to rudy was just I mean, it it made me believe in life again. And then Donovan's just ability to score. And that's one thing I want to talk about a little bit, too, is, I mean, we can't talk about the Jazz without talking about Donovan Mitchell. Who? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> May win Rookie of the Year. Looks like a third-year player already. His ability to close games is just unbelievable. He looks like he's a veteran out there. He, he, you know, and we lost, we've lost some games, but my gosh, when you can just have the final five, I mean, that's why I, some people are saying, yeah, you've got a rookie going into the playoffs. Donovan's been playing playoff style basketball for months now where he just closes the game. Yeah. As a rook. As as a rookie. rookie. Like last night, last night was a playoff game was a playoff game. You're going into hostile territory. The fact that the Utah Jazz have been such a good road team in in the uh, since January basically 
That's nuts. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Yes. As a rookie leading you, that's when you're like your rookie usually shows out at home and 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 looks a little beyond, <laughs> a little underwater, so to speak, on the road. Where it's just mm-hmm. like the moment's a little too big, and and that's not. It it's it's crazy. It's just crazy to see this team. It reminds me a lot of that 2007. 2008 Utah Jazz team where you had Darren Williams, Ronnie Brewer, Paul Millsap, Carlos Boozer, Memorial Kerr, Andre Karolinko, really just like got lightning in a bottle that year. Mm-hmm. This and you knew knew that was the start of something special. That's the same feeling I get with this team, where it's just like there's there's pieces to this. This could this is could work. Mm-hmm. No, it's 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 pretty exciting, and I think. Honestly, the Jazz have a chance to really surprise people. If Dante, it could be a Dante coming out party, and Dante's going to raise his contract every game. But that's a good thing because that means we've got our kind of that third guy that we're kind of hoping for. And then you fill in the gaps with elite role players like Joe Ingles. I maybe I don't know if Joe Ingles is even a role player. Joe Ingles is kind of a star in his own right. He's, and then uh, Dennis Lindsay thinks he's one of the top ten small forwards in the league, and he's a dude. Who you're like, how, like you kind of forget about Joe Ingles. Like he'll hit his shots, but then at the end of the game, you're like, he was two assists off from a triple double. How'd that even happen? How weren't we talking about that the entire game? Mm-hmm. Like he does that. I swear he does that like every other game. Yeah, he fills in the gaps. And so you've got three guys that kind of, it just feels like you've got to get stars on your team that do something at an elite level that other teams don't really have an answer to. And the Jazz might have that in Dante, Donovan, and Rudy. Rudy with his incredible length and defense and ability to finish at the rim. And then Dante's speed and Donovan's scoring ability and passing ability, by the way. Both Dante and Donovan are underrated passers. Uh, and then you fill it with elite role, role players like uh, Derek Favors, uh, Jay Crowder, uh, Jonas Drebko, uh and Joe Ingles is kind of a, his own uh, – he's just an elite starter, basically. I don't know if he's a star, but Ingles, he's an elite starter. Ingles is such an odd odd thing, isn't he? Like when you when you talk about him like in – you're like he's a, he, he's a really good player. Like he is a dude uh, – we always joke around. He is, he is like peak YMCA player. Mm-hmm. But he is. Like he's a dude on every YMCA team. When you walk in, you're like – that guy we don't have to worry about. And then at the end of the game, you're like, he scored 40 points on us. He's 40 pounds overweight. He camps out at the three-point line. <laughs> and he dude scored 40 on us. And, and Joe Ingles is the type of guy, when, he, when you see him play, like it's, it's kind of just like seeing a platypus in the wild. You're like, this exists. Mm-hmm. This, this is a thing that evidently decided to evolve this way and, and it can do a little of everything and, and 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 it seems to be thriving and and that's kind of what the Ingles is he's just like our nba platypus it's just like it's not the way i would have designed it but you know what the results are okay and, well and Ingles Ingles is six eight and he's one of those players like there's two players that surprise you with your size when you see them the first one is obviously rudy like if you haven't seen rudy close up at a game it's shocking it honestly makes you double take every time because his length is just that 
it's I unbelievable. When he walked into the combine for the first time, and there was like people were just like just uh, like whispers. It was like, God, did you see that? Did you see that guy? His arms go down to his knees. It's just nuts. Just like every like that was the one thing. Like a lot of people were scared about drafting him, but that was every person like you. You could not. You could not talk to any scout without being like, "Did you see Rudy Gobert? He does. He just does. Doesn't even look human." I know. But then you combine it with an insane competitiveness. He's super smart. Uh, super, just incredible defensive instincts and, and offensive and instincts. He's just got by fire. the way, I think that's the biggest thing. He's just, just fire, and he doesn't back down from anybody. Mm-hmm. Like Rudy doesn't back down from anybody. Whether it's Chris Paul or some G leaguer guy that's kind of getting uppity against him he's he fights every night that's why i think what's so fun about this team is this is the full evolution of rudy's personality like you you saw the the identity of this utah jazz team turn when he was made a starter um oh absolutely a, a few years back and 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 there was kind of like it wasn't quite the synergy between him and Gordon Hayward. Like they were really good players. They complemented each other, but like the identity of the team, there was like the fire of Rudy Gobert and kind of the, the icy cold shoulder of, of, of Gordon Hayward where, where Gordon Hayward just wants to play the game. Uh, like get, take, just take care of business. You take care of business. We don't need to get into the extracurriculars. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Like Rudy Gobert is just like a Hulk, where it's just like all he does is just feel. And 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 and, and so, but now with Gordon Hayward gone, the team has fully taken on that identity of just like it. It, I mean, on Twitter, all they're doing is liking things that are disrespecting them. They're all, they're really willing to get into fights. Like sometimes, like I'm just like Ingles is such a troll. But I think he's such he's even more of a troll this year because he knows that like there's no one to hold Rudy Gobert back and now that there's Jay Crowder it's kind of like this like what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You you, you want to get mad at me? You see those two? You really want to get mad at me? Like he just has, he's emboldened now because of what's like his who's with him. And then and then they're all friends. Like this really feels like a team like First of all, like Ingles and Rubio were old teammates when they were younger, so there's that camaraderie there. It mm-hmm. feels, I would say, the camaraderie on this team feels like a collegiate squad. It does, and they're excited to play. They really, uh, they like each other. They they have fun. They trust the scheme of Quinn, and they play within it. And they they, uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's fun to watch, and you can tell that there's a good chemistry with the team. That's not always been the case, honestly. Yeah. With uh, with last season, it just wasn't really the case, and you could tell there was frustrations and there were hurt feelings with things at times, and some of it rightly so, some of it's just the way it is. But when you don't have someone you can talk to about things or feel like you're supported, it's rough. Yeah. But this Jazz team has a special chemistry; they really do, and they not just off the court but on the court as well. They're the pieces are starting to really fit. Jay Crowder has been a nice fit. Um, if if his shot could be just a little bit more consistent, he becomes a big weapon. Yeah. And, I, uh, I still think the Jay Crowder move was more with an eye towards next year than it was does this year because anytime you make a trade midseason, it's going to disrupt kind of the flow of the offense, uh, chemistry a little bit. 
And I do think with a with a full off season with the Utah Jazz's de- uh, development team, I think Jay Crowder is going to be a night and day difference. He he makes me excited with what what he's going to be. Oh, absolutely! And you can fit him alongside Favors or alongside uh, uh, Rudy, and it becomes a dynamic lineup. Uh, Jay Crowder next to Rudy is one of the best def- defensive uh, lineups on the team. Right. And so that's that's really really exciting. So we're gonna close up we're gonna close up this podcast by final predictions. So we have there's three games this week, two games next week. All three of this week's games are against Los Angeles teams. Well, actually, one Los Angeles team and a team that wishes they were a Los Angeles team. That those are the Lakers and the Clippers. <laughs> so. So um, two, they play the Lakers and the Clip Clip Show both at home. Then they go on the road to face the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Then they come back at home to play the Golden State Warriors. Then they go on the road last game of the season to face the Portland Trailblazers. That's going to be big, but there it, at that point it might be kind of figured out, and both teams might be. I know. Yeah, that's that's like at one point, like because there could be like. It could be a big game where Utah can move up or move down, and Portland might play their play their starters depending on trying to push them away from where they want them to be. Mm-hmm. Like with a win, Utah could make it up to the sixth seed, and at that point, Portland's like, "Yeah, let's not have to deal with this." Or, or it could be if they if they win, they move out of the sixth seed to the fourth seed, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it. it and, and same with the Warriors, the Warriors as well. Like it, what's funny is, I, I think teams will play the, those two teams will play their starters if it means that they what they do it, the the result of it would mean that they don't have to face Utah. Oh man, there's. I mean, I'm I'm not kidding. The Jazz are going to be a tough out. I don't know if they can beat the Warriors or the the Heat or the the Rockets, but I you know what. Uh, Steph Curry's not going to be playing for the Warriors, and if the Jazz fall into that seven seed, uh, I, I don't know. I've, I've said it. If if you had a choice between the Rockets and the Warriors, I would choose the Warriors in that first round, not the second round, not when they get Curry back, but yeah. that first round because a you don't have to worry about Curry, so that shrinks down the floor, and then b they'll be reintegrating so many different players from injury that mm-hmm. there is bound to be some miscommunications and I'm not sure if it's enough time to turn the switch on for the playoffs. And so well, and I know the Warriors swept the Jazz last year, but if p- people who actually watched the series, the Jazz were in those games until and injured. Kind of, they were injured. They yeah, didn't we were have George Hill. Mack. They didn't have George Hill. Uh Rudy Gobert was still still um hobbling. Derek Favors was hobbling. Um Gordon Hayward looked like he was bruised up. Joe Johnson, like Father Time, looked like he had gone he'd gone ten rounds with Father Time. Like it was just, it, it and they were still in it because of their defense. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, this is it, it would be a much different thing now. It's going to be exciting, and I think the Jazz have a chance to really surprise people, I do especially too. with their bench that's become a real, real weapon. So, what's your final record down the stretch? Five games. Two against the Lakers, I, one against the Clippers, one against the Warriors at home, and then that roadie 
in Portland. I think the Jazz really figured something out against Minnesota, and I think that Dante is going to be a weapon. He really is. And so I think minimum three. I think the Jazz win three of those. I think the Warriors rest the that game. I just don't think the Warriors want to risk anything happening. And so I think the Jazz win four of their last five. Because I think they're going to beat the Lakers. They're going to beat the Clippers. That Clippers game is going to be a close one, I have a feeling. It's going to be a close one. Want to know the game that scares me the most? And it's just because for some reason Utah is just... If, if you are tanking or you're depleted, Utah is, Utah is just... Over the past, like, what, seven games, they've lost to the Celtics, who had nobody. But then again, the Celtics have beat some strong teams because... Brad Stevens is uh, signed a deal with Mephistopheles for his soul. Mm. Uh, you have the Spurs loss, but that one, it, that one, I was okay with because that one, I was just like, "We're going to lose this. This is the third game in four nights." The mm-hmm. Hawks one is still one. Like looking back, I have a feeling like Utah is going to end up in the fifth seed, like in a, a, a half game, like a, a full game back, and it's going mm-hmm. to be because of that stupid Hawks game. Like, I just know it. It's no, uh, like that one, like that one right there. That was a game where you're just like, that's not one that's going to really reflect uh, very nice on the rest of the season. That both Hawks, uh, well, the first Hawks loss woke, woke Utah up. That was a completely different team. Yeah, that was the low team. point of the season. Thinking about that, team that lost to the Hawks at the beginning of the season don't even feel like the same team. It feels it feels like a completely different season, a different timeline. So I, I think my prediction, I still I, I have them going three and two. Cause I, I I I that game against Los Angeles scares me. And then a Golden State team that's resting all their stars also scares me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it just like I, I, I'm saying three and two mainly so I don't jinx it. But also because like the Utah's been playing at such a high level and they've been playing at such a high level of urgency. Some like there were before the Memphis game, it started to look like uh, not Memphis but the Minnesota game, they looked like they were starting to get worn down. They looked tired. Minnesota they looked they looked peppy, they had a you know, the hop in their step. Um Hopefully this homestand, this quick homestand Tuesday and Thursday, and not having to go out till Los the Los Angeles Lakers game also scares me because of nightlife. Mm-hmm. Like if I find out that they're like, oh yeah, we headed to Los Angeles on a Friday, I'm like, we're losing that game. Well, if I see Instagram stories from somewhere, I'm going to be nervous. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like, I, I, like. Let's just be real. If 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 you hear the, that the Utah Jazz are like, yeah, they got out early to Los Angeles on a Friday, I'm like, uh, it's not going to work out well. <laughs> this is, they'll be locked this, in. This is not like, I if I'm Snyder, I'm I'm just going to be like, hey, real talk. We're leaving late Saturday night. We're going to get in there. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna really do anything in Los Angeles. If I see you guys do anything in Los Angeles, like this is like I I'll be really I'll be really disappointed if if uh, some people got their party on in Los Angeles in the final five, in the third to last game of the season when everything is like razor thin. That'll be disappointing. Mm-hmm. That'll be disappointing as a fan. So well, let's just hope nervous. they can do it. 
That game just hope. makes me nervous. And then and then the Golden State Warriors game at home because a part of me wonders if the Warriors will want will rest their guys because they'll be trying to work people back into. Um, they might want to just treat it as like a little bit of warm up for the playoffs and right and and getting their guys back in, and the Jazz have waxed them twice. Like that's I true. think there's some pride on there. Like that game, like that game's gonna be a game. Like straight. That's up. the game that I think they might lose. And that's, then the the Portland game is honestly a toss up. It's a toss up. Um, it dep- I think the Portland game, who we play in the Portland game depends on where the Jazz, what's set. If they're set as a, as the sixth seed or seventh seed and it's not moving, Portland's just going to be like whatever. And I think Utah will be whatever. Like Dante Exum's going to play like thirty five minutes and play against like whoever Portland's D- G League team is. Yeah, Connaughton. And Do, does Portland a, have a G League team? I don't know. Do they not have a G League team? I can't think of it because because it's not Reno because that's who Sacramento has. I don't think they have a G League team. Whoever their affiliate is, how how are they not? Like, I think you could have like a cool Oregon Trail themed G League team. This that's a that's a missed opportunity. Anyway, so on that, we're gonna end it for the night. Thank you guys for listening to the SLC Punks podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on the either the iTunes or the SoundCloud. Check us out at slcdunk.com. You can follow James at Hanson James on Twitter. You can also follow me, Milo, on Twitter. And you can also follow the dunk at SLC Dunk. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. we got some awesome things. Griff Dunk is always doing things. And you get to look forward to some awesome posts coming soon from our uh, from our man, Andrew Bailey, and the rest of our awesome staff that's been killing it this entire season. So peace Absolutely. out. You guys have a good one. Shout out to the faithful on XM Island. X, go and give it to you. Boom.